So we've got a couple more minutes with Dr. Rabiati about to talk about farts. You know, since a child, since since I first laid my first fart, I've thought these were absolutely hilarious. I, I love that there's a scientific book on these. I imagine that you went with farts because it's a great starting place. It's very funny. And I think even people young and old are wondering how many different animals fart. Is that kind of why you did that? Yeah, I think it was just it's just a really common question that we get as zoologists is, you know, does the animal fart? And kids love to talk about farts. So and adults, too, to be honest. One of the greatest quotes, I went and looked this up because I remember Louis C.K., who I know's name is probably people don't like to hear that right now. But he said some very funny, very poignant things about farts. He said that. They're, they're universally funny. He said, here's why. They come out of your ass. That's very funny. They smell like poop because they've been hanging out next to it for a long time. And they make a trumpet sound. That is so universally hilarious when you really think about it. That is why they're so funny. And he said, you don't have to be smart to laugh at a fart, but you would be stupid not to. Those are surprisingly wise words that I imagine kind of they at least influence why people like your book so much. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I think people just have a real interest in it. There's if you even when you go back to like the one of the oldest songs in the English language that people have found written, it literally references farting goats. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a very historical fixation <laughs> of people finding them entertaining. Right. What I think's funny about them and and so we should probably define a fart. Flatulence is defined as flatus expelled through the anus. I've always wondered, like, where else it would be expelled. And you mentioned that some breaths smell like a fart. We're going to probably get into that in a little bit. And flatus is gas produced during digestion. And flatology is the study of flatulence. Yeah. So th- th- there's there's very scientific, a lot of scientific study around these things. What I, I, I love from a comedic standpoint, and I think this is why people find them so funny, is that some of them can smell so bad, and it's all silent. They don't always have to make noise. And I think that that is really what's interesting. And everyone is different because of the different digestion that people have. Uh, It's pretty interesting. And as you mentioned, human beings have been fascinated with this. You mentioned that fart is a term that, that originated in the 14th century, which means breaking wind loudly. And also, as I mentioned, they're, they're silent. You mentioned most are odorless because they're car- carbon dioxide, which is basically plant food. So how is, how is that part true? What, so is it just like advanced mammals that it's methane and sulfur, sulf, hydrogen sulfide or whatever? Well, actually, even in people, most of the air that we fart out is just swallowed. We just swallow it and then it goes through our body and comes out the other end. So actually most of it's not from digestion at all, which is why like even among people, a lot of the times they fart, it's not going to smell of anything. Um, but it's just when you get those gases from digestion that it's going to be pretty stinky. But so how come you don't burp it out then? You're saying this is this is air you you basically swallow that goes through the digestive process. Yeah, so we burp out some of it, but a lot of it makes it all the way through basically. Wow, I did not know that. That's pretty incredible. Now, you mentioned goats are one of the first mentions of farts. In your book, you talk about how basically a group of goats set off a fire alarm and almost caused like a major aviation nightmare. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, it's not just farts, but also burps. So any ruminants, so that's sheep, goats, cows, uh, they burp loads and they also Mm. fart quite a lot. So... There was a plane full of goats um, that was in going uh, flying. It was a Malaysia Airlines plane, I think, if I remember rightly. And anyway, they burped and farted out so much methane itself, the fire alarm and the plane had to make an emergency landing. Wow. 
So, because you can't crack a window, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So the whole plane was just like full of all these goat burps <laughs> and farts. That's crazy. And no one thought about this ahead of time and how dangerous this could be? Well, I think like it's not that uncommon to take these kind of animals, like to ship them via a plane. But apparently this time they were especially gassy or maybe they just put more on than usual. You know, it, it's almost like you can weaponize a goat fart. And what I like, and this is true, and believe it or not, all the, the different uses of farts and fart-like sounds and smells was, I found, that's what I actually found really interesting about the book, you know, joking aside, I really thought it was amazing, like, just how um, versatile farts and butts and air could really be, S- starting with the Cenarian coral snake. So it fills its cloaca, which is basically like, a, you know, birds have this as well, it's like a like a poop hole and a pee hole, it's like a hole, basically a universal hole, right? Like a universal yep. orifice, and and it and it can suck in air and then emit it really quickly and create like a pop sound that can be heard like six feet away. And it, so, is this is this to scare predators? Is that what that sound is for? Yeah, essentially, when they feel threatened, then they suck air into their cloaca, which actually, um, the la- literal translation of cloaca, it's Latin for sewer. So that that kind of gives you a nice of that uh, <laughs> um so they stuck air in there and then release it making this popping sound and then that's a predator deterrent although they're actually venomous so you think that would be a better predator deterrent but apparently they also need <laughs> cards as well well they got two they've got two levels of defense you know one's the sound saying get away and if someone's still going to step into there then they got the venom yeah. to kind of back it up you know yeah for sure you, you, so termites, this was probably the fact of the book. And I don't know if you want me giving this away um, because this is probably the most interesting thing that I learned is that there are so many, first of all, that termites are on every continent, I think, except yep. Antarctica. And they are, they contribute 5 to 19% of the methane production in the world because of their farts. Basically, they're like what's bringing us, they're a major contributor to global warming, which is... That is fascinating to me that there are so many termites farting that it's affecting our atmosphere. Well, what I would say is that they're not really c- contributing to global warming because they're not creating more than they should be. Termites have been around for millions and millions of years. So, oh, like, yeah. it's not really any more than, you know, other things would in our in our natural world would be um, producing. Um, and it's certainly far less than, you know, our farming and transport um, produces. But they do produce a lot of methane as far as any sort of wild animal goes. They're probably some of the, the top methane emissions coming out of these guys. Um, and that's purely because termites eat um, plant matter and they break it down and then they fart it out again. So any animal that's doing that is going to be producing methane. Wow. But you you don't think of them just because they're so small, and even with, you know, and what w- you know what what could possibly you couldn't even hear a termite fart, but that just the fact that they have so many letting out these just little gas emissions can produce that much methane is that is astronomical when you start thinking about the numbers when you're looking at t- like twenty percent like that's crazy. yeah it is it's incredible because there's just so many individual termites in one colony if you put them all on a scale they would weigh the same as like a really large animal so that, that's kind of how that why and there's termites everywhere right so uh, that was just incredible to me I love that that was that was just an amazing fact uh, now some of the some of the farting animals you know not farting is actually life-threatening, like the bolson pupfish. 
you basically say it has to fart or it will die. Uh, that's an excuse that I tell people, but I'm I'm lying. Is this true for the pupfish? Yeah, these poor little guys. I mean, they live in these um, seasonal pools in, in, in Mexico, and they feed on algae, but in the summer when it's hot, the algae produces loads of gas, so they end up eating all this gas, and then they get really floaty because they're fish and they're full of gas. So then they start popping up to the surface. So normally they're trying to hide mm. down in the sand and disguise themselves for predators. But when they eat too much gas, they pop up to the surface, so they're like trying to swim down, but they're just like popping back up again. It's really sad. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> once they're at the surface, like predators like herons and stuff can pick them off. Or if it takes them too long to fart out the gas, then they explode. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> that is that's absolutely awful. Is, and there's no way. So does anything help them fart? Is there, do, they, do they have like techniques to like get it out if they're you know close to exploding? Uh, I don't really know because this all comes from like one scientific paper. So I've not – sadly, I'd love to make an expedition to check this out myself, but I've not managed yeah, like we. I mean, I feel like humans should go in and just give them a little squeeze or something like that. Just get help the things moving. I mean, but then you might end up popping them. <laughs> God, yeah, that would be bad. That's fair. That's a good argument. Uh, you know, one of the other things that uh, there's so many interesting facts in this book. The, this other one that fruit bats from mouth to anus, basically from food to poop, is thirty twelve to thirty four minutes. Yeah, that it is so quick that they may not actually fart. That is pretty amazing on both counts. Yeah, it is absolutely incredible. Because they have to fly around, so birds are quite similar. They have a very quick digestive system as well. They don't want to be carrying that extra weight. So they just digest it as quickly as possible. And that's why, I, I don't know, like if anyone's ever had a fruit bat poo on them, uh, I have, you know, it's kind of just like fruit juice, you know. <laughs> it's They don't get that much nutrients out of it. They just eat loads and then quickly digest it as quick as possible. You're saying that a fruit bat's poop is like fruit juice? I mean, I wouldn't want to drink it, but it's not that poopy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hawaiian punch is what you're saying. It's got like a lot of seeds in it. You know, it's probably the same color as whatever they've been eating. You know. You mentioned that the whale, just really quickly, the whale has the largest fart by volume. I, I like that. I just wanted to mention that really quickly. We talked about weaponizing farts. The honey badger, which everyone knows is the most BA animal on the planet, uses its farts to subdue bee colonies. How does this work? Does this work like kind of when, when beekeepers use smoke? Is that how it works, or does it do they all just pass out, like literally? So this is kind of like um, a bit of a legend that, that, that honey badgers will fart on the bees to keep them subdued. But I think probably... I'm not really sure how they manage it, but I think maybe it might just be a bit more that the bees are like, oh, no, honey badger, better keep out of the way. Right. <laughs> because it's also said about mongooses as well, that they fart on bees and are able to subdue them. So I, th I think it's probably a bit more of a story than, than necessarily. Oh, man. Would you've got pseudoscience in your book? I'm like looking you to be the expert and you're like telling tales that you heard like in school. This hey, it made it into it made it into the um guide to african mammals so it it's it, it it is down as fact in some quite scientific books but i think it probably I'm, I'm not entirely sure it's that scientifically accurate they also produce a really strong smell when they break into beehives so it might actually be that they're producing a substance that is causing the bees to be subdued rather than necessarily farting on them and if they were to produce such a substance it would probably be from their anal glands so you can see why people might have might have thought it was the farting that did it. Yeah, it's like fart adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. We, we can agree on that. All right. I just want to make sure we're giving real facts here, Dr. Revenati. I want to make sure this is all real stuff. It's in a wildlife guide. So, you know, it was only after the book was out that I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That's a head scratcher for sure. Now, we talked about sea lions. You mentioned they've got the smelliest farts. How is that possibly calculated? Uh, I just asked a lot of zookeepers, <laughs> and they work with a lot of animals, and nearly unanimously, they were like seals and sea lions. But sadly, I've had the misfortune of being very in very close contact with this as well. So uh, I can vouch that they are horrific, absolutely horrific. So you, you wouldn't want to get Dutch oven by them. This is, this is all. you got to be open air with sea lions. Well, that's basically, that's basically what happened to me. Like, I was in south georgia there's a lot of seals there and one had like made its way into the porch of my tent and i was like oh what is that horrendous smell <laughs> fine seals. you got a hot box by a sea lion that's amazing i mean that's i mean how many people can say that they've that that's happened to them and they've survived i mean that's you're almost a hero oh. basically <laughs> Not true, I'm, but... I'm i'm proud of you i think you're a national hero i think you should <laughs> I think you survived death and lived to tell the tale. Uh, sea cucumbers, I, when I studied marine biology, I love sea cucumbers. This doesn't have anything to do with, with farts, really, but that they eat their gonads and they grow them back. This is the craziest, this is probably the craziest fact of the book. I, I had no idea that they do that. Yeah, like sea cucumbers are basically my favorite animal because they do so many ridiculous things. But yeah, they have this species of fish that lives in their cloaca. It's called a pearlfish. Um, if you go to the Natural History Museum here in London, they actually have some specimens of sea cucumbers with the pearlfish coming out of the butt. It's pretty cool. Uh, and, and yeah, the, the pearlfish live there because no predators can reach them in the sea cucumbers' butt. And then, yeah, they right. eat the gonads, the respiratory, because sea cucumbers also breathe out the butt. So that's where their respiratory trees are as well. Uh, and the fish is just like chowing down on that, having a great time. Uh, so yeah, it's like safe from predators. It's got literally an unlimited supply of food because they grow it back after it's been eaten. Oh, the pearlfish eats the gonads. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought, okay. I wow. Agree. I don't. I think I may have missed that. That that's terrible. What a horrible parasite. Yeah. I mean, I can't. You know, I'm tempted to move it myself. To be honest, it's pretty expensive living in London. So <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine all the gonads you can eat. Why not? You know. I mean, that's that sounds like a, a deal. I do want to mention last thing: octopus. The octopus does not fart. I love that. It makes them even more perfect. And I imagine they have to shoot to the top of your favorite animal list for that fact alone. Yeah, I mean, they are pretty cool. They do not fart, but they do use jet propulsion, which is kind of similar, like a watery version of a fart to propel themselves along. So, you know. So what? last question, what is your favorite, the favorite fart that you came across whether it's weaponized or smell or hilarity or for whatever reason, favorite fart, what is yours? I love, I love the herring. I love the fact that they use fart to communicate with each other. And I love the fact that scientists found out about it by accident, that they were just sitting in the lab and they just heard this little like, and they're like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and then they found out that when it was dark, the herring were using the farts to communicate with each other and shoal together. I think it's great. And it that research won a Nig Nobel Prize, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> I My favorite part of that is that it gulps the air in what's called a fast repetitive tick, FRT, and that's really close to fart. Yeah, the, the scientists did that. Obviously, they did that on purpose, and that paper is perfect. You can read it online and... They just did a great job of making science really fun, but something that's actually important and can help us to understand herring behavior. Sure, it is very important. 
Um, but it, I love that fart or even fart adjacent topic won the Nobel Prize. I think that shows you just how progressive the Nobel Prize is. Uh, it was the Ig Nobel, not the Nobel. Oh, the Ig Nobel? Oh, boo. They needed the Nobel Prize. We don't have a Nobel Prize for biology. It's very sad. What is happening? What's there's going just on like that? physics, Why? chemistry, literature, peace. But there's no biology one. Well, that's a shame. I don't think I realized that. Well, if it if there was... Uh, I think you would deserve it for your, for your work in the scatological sciences. And if not, if there isn't one, I think that this may be, I think we should start a movement to get you one um, Nobel Prize. I think it's in your future. Uh, this is incredible. This is Does It Fart? This is book one, True or Poo, Believe It or Snot, uh, is your trilogy. These are, these are great books. They're very educational. Uh, they're silly. They're funny. And they're informative, which is the trifecta of any great book. Uh, wonderful job. Thank you so much for taking this extra time out for me. No worries at all. Thanks for having me.